<laughs> I put on pants just for you today. Oh, really? Under my dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Was that was that a special occasion? Yep. Actually, I've got the weirdest. I don't know if anyone at home's felt this, but during this isolation, you just wear whatever's going. Like I started with the dress, and then I put active wear underneath like this casual like dress that I'm wearing, and then I put like another like an active wear jumper on top. I look ridiculous. No, I didn't think so. I thought you looked. Quite well, you never good. noticed, but like I'm, I look, I'm looking interesting. But I don't really care. I might keep it up. It's a new style. I think this is the era of um, who cares what you're wearing. Yeah, maybe. Hey, why don't you ask me about my day? Oh, Tamara. Hey, how was your day? It's really good. Was it? What did you do it's today? Really busy. Yeah. Went, okay. Talk me through it. Yep. Okay, I woke up and in my pyjamas I did a workout for 20 minutes. That's exciting. On, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. In my pyjamas. You put a workout of yourself on YouTube? No, I did one. Like I did one mm-hmm. and then the kids watched a cartoon while I did that. I played Kids Cafe oh, and then I had breakfast, which was Easter chocolate eggs. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, which I said I would start anew. Like I thought today would be the day where I start fresh again, be healthy. Yeah, you say that every week. So far, these last couple of weeks have been yep. horrible. You say yep. that you've no, hang on. You said that for the last three years. On That's Monday, not true. on Monday, uh, oh, I'm going to be so super fit. I'm going to be so super healthy. It feels like a New Year's uh, resolution every week. No, but I'm usually good, but Is I've it? just been thrown it out the window. It's like when I was first pregnant and just ate custards the whole time. Those kids' custards. And pies. Yep. Yogo snacks and pies. I have pies Lots for a snack. Pies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was out of control. Anyway, I feel like I'm back there, but that's okay. Just, you know... Throwing caution to the wind, Kai. What do you mean? You used to throw pies in the wind and they used to come back and you used in to open my mouth. your mouth. <laughs> like Pac-Man. <laughs> anyway. Get, get a windy day and you, like you throw it up and see what angle you could throw it at to get it back in your mouth. Okay, true. But anyway, I, I just would say that this isolation, we're kind of – do you feel like we're a bit complacent? Is everyone a bit relaxed now? We've like become desensitized. We've come down from the panic and the anxiety – this is what I'm feeling anyway from Adelaide, Australia. It's almost like we're kind of flattening the curve a little bit. We've flattened it. We've smashed it. Yeah. And so we're kind of not complacent as in I don't think we're feeling like, oh, we can't social distance. We're all social distancing still and staying home and doing all the right things and washing hands. But it's almost like, oh, yeah, new way of life. That's kind of relaxed, oh, you right? Reckon? No, yeah. I don't reckon. I feel just the opposite. I feel like people are almost coming to give me hugs again. Oh, are they? Other people yeah, are. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like people don't care. People are like Over just it. doing their normal thing every day, day to day thing. Well, they're the people that never changed in the first place. Oh, well, well, maybe, maybe. But let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves as I, what I say. Yeah. Hey. Um, I also say other things. You say lots of things. Yes. Some are interesting. Some not so. so. <laughs> Hey, I read today that you can um, catch coronavirus through farts. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to see a coronavirus fart. Yeah, but they're saying that the pants act as a mask. <laughs> so doctors are advising not to do any bare bum farts. Really? So who's going to do a bare bum fart apart from maybe your partner or your kids at mm, you? Well, you're not going to go <laughs> walk through the shopping centre like um, crop dusting down the aisle. 
Yeah, but you could technically, as long as you with your pants, pants on. With your pants off, you so don't just have to don't, do that, are you? just don't fart naked in the soup aisle, you know? Right, okay. Mm. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Wear, wear your pants as protection. Please, people, wear your pants. Is that, why you put, <laughs> is that why you put pants on for me today? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. It's all come back around, see? Oh, very good. <laughs> you're trying to protect me from your own bum. I know, Thanks. right? So beware bums, naked bums out there. You do some beautiful farts. Thanks, honey. Thank you, honey. Hey, welcome to The Guilt Trip with Kai and Tamara. We've got a fun episode where we talk to Sean Kemp, who is a he's an artist. He's a, he's a cool guitar singer, songwriter guy. What hey. is that even? That's a terrible introduction. He's a fabulous person. He gets on stage. He's like, yeah, I'll play a set. And he plays. And he's played with some really uh, big names as well Has as he? a support act. Uh-huh. Really? Like uh-huh. who? You'll find out. Okay. Boney M might be one of them. Ooh. <laughs> Love Boney M. But more and other fabulous people, yeah. I almost feel like Christmas every time I hear Boney M. Yeah, I know. What's yeah. the song that they sing? I'm not sure, but we play the whole Boney M CD yeah, every Christmas. That? I want to give you a Merry Christmas. Is that Boney M? Yeah, but I don't know. Everything. The whole CD. Yeah, but why is the whole CD Christmassy? Because the Christmas the, the CD is not even Chris- CD. Listen to me. The album is not even Christmassy. No. But why do you play that at Christmas? Uh, did you used to? Like I know it's a thing, but no. Yeah. Like, but you'd be like, "Oh, Merry Christmas!" By that ever of Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> it's wicked. Christmas. When I hear that. Is that song. what you played in your house? We've only just sort of started in the last fifteen years. When I was um, young, we yeah. used to play things like "Oh Tannenbaum" or you Tan- know German yeah, German. German songs. Mm, mm. We didn't really have Boney M in Germany. Okay, so then oh, so it was like an Aussie thing for you. Yeah, maybe it's an Aussie tradition playing Boney M at Christmas. Bizarre oh, one, but didn't kind of nice. Realised it was. I we'll thought that was out. just our family that just picked that up. No, I think it might be a thing. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to find that. I'm going to fact check it out and see. I want to fact check your um, fart story. Okay. I can't wait. Why don't you just fact but check where, that and see? Where do you actually get the real facts these days? Because you actually can't get it on Google, right? That's true. It's, it's hard to decipher what's real and what's not, right? Correct. Especially with COVID, you're like, well, hang on. What did I just read? Is that true or is it not? And conspiracy theories. Love them. So Love the conspiracy things. theories. No, it's brilliant. Uh, hey, before we get stuck into this fun episode, um, where we talk to Sean, particularly about the arts industry and how uh, the arts are, are not looking so good. We're kind of being put on the back burner, Kai. They have been, yeah. Haven't well, they? I not, mean, not essential, not important, apparently. Well, I mean, look, a lot of people that are in the arts, they're doing online stuff. It's not the same. I understand that. It's not the same. But it gives a it gives a very fair platform to the arts industry. So anyone who's someone can actually be the same person as someone who's not anyone. Yeah, like all the famous people are stuck. Correct. Yeah. And also, have you heard of this thing that a lot of actors are doing called Cameo, right? You guys at home have to look it up wherever you are in the world. It's mainly Hollywood actors or American actors and singers and sports stars are actually doing messages. So you can go onto this website, look up, say, like Steve Gutenberg or whoever. Like cool. who was on there? Motley the, Crue, Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, yeah. Uh, Heaps of famous people. Oh, Andy Dick. 
Oh, I don't know many fat comedians. <laughs> like, there's a whole host of people. I think even Greg from the Brady Bunch was on there. The really? original guy. Okay. I can't remember his name. Anyway, all these really random people, but amazing. So, if you have a particular person that you like, they can actually send you a message. Like, you pay them 150 bucks or whatever the price is, and they will send you or a friend a two minute message. Yeah, personalized message. If you're a, that person's fan. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, like the soup Nazi as well is, is oh. there from Seinfeld. Yeah, cool. And he does like a no soup for you. Is Pamela Anderson on it? Talking about Tommy no. Lee? No. Oh, oh you, maybe. Well, well I'm going to look for her. Look for her, yeah. That'd be kind of a cool message. Yeah, you can. You know who surprised me who was uh, on Heidi it? Klum. Heidi Klum. No, oh. no guy. John Cleese. John Cleese. He's on it. And for yeah. 100 I think it was $150. I'm thinking, why Why is he doing that? Because it's cheap. Does he it's need easy. money? It's easy Does money. Does he need pocket money? Two minutes, two minutes John work Cleese, for 150 bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, maybe it's fabulous, maybe, and yeah. some of them are doing it for charity as well. You Ooh, know, for like hospitals. So I think it's well worth it. Anyway, it's very cool. Check it out. It's cameo. Anyway, as I was going to say, we are supporting local businesses on the guilt trip. Correct. So uh, we w- we wanted to do um, a promo spot for small businesses, both locally, uh, Australia wide. But hey. Hey, if you're overseas and you've got a small business, we can plug you as well. Absolutely. Plug in Australia means to promote. <laughs> not patronising, am I? But that's true. Is plug like an Australian word? Yeah, I don't okay. know. Sure, not sure. Pluggers, plug. plug. It's Australian slang. Summit glass. Oh, that sounded very sexy. Oh, maybe it shouldn't be. Should it be more retail? Summit glass. Mm, maybe a little bit more uh, masculine. Summit Glass. Oh. <laughs> so, who are we promoting? Summit Glass. Summit Glass. Adelaide a, business. Uh, yep. It's a little small family-owned business. Lovely. Run by Gavin. Oh, Gav. Gavin. How are you going? And Summit Glass, what do they do? They do everything glass-related, obviously. So, things like shower screens and mirrors. Splashbacks. Splashbacks. I love a good splashback. Oh, yeah. It's a very trendy thing, isn't it? A glass splashback. A lovely splashback. Everyone's, it's like the the kitchen trendy word, isn't it? Look at my splashback. (laughs) Does that mean they do the splashbacks where you can actually see through? It's like a splashback window, a splashback glass, which is just behind tiles sort of thing. I don't know, Kai, but if you went to www.summitglass.com.au, I'm sure it would give you all that information. Oh, okay. But they also do pool fences. Did you say that one? Maybe we need to call Gav for our pool fence. Actually, we should because we... Building a house with a pool. Um, Yeah, I feel bad saying that we're building a pool. I feel like a wanker. In a little, in a way, don't you feel like a wanker when people? I almost want to downplay. Like I don't want to tell people, but I'm very excited because I've never had a pool in my whole, whole, whole life, and it's going to have an amazing pool fence, hopefully put in by Gavin. <laughs> At Summit Glass. <laughs> At Summit Glass. Dun, dun. That's your jingle. At Summit Glass. Where does Summit Glass operate? Just in the Adelaide Hills? No. Also, did you know Kangaroo Island? As far as Kangaroo Island? They'd be busy. On Kangaroo yeah. Island at the moment, wouldn't they, surely? Because a lot of the people who don't have houses don't have windows. And they're going to need windows when they rebuild their amazing houses, like your sister, Kai. Absolutely. But they're going to need some amazing splashbacks. Gavin's your man. <laughs> going to need some definitely amazing splashbacks. It's all about the splashback. Come to my house and look at my splashback. Look at my splashback. Gav's the man. All right. Cool. All right. Get your motor running because we're going to listen to... Oh, now I'm doing the song. That's not usually your job. 
I am. I'm the singer in the Sorry, family. Can you introduce Sean Kemp? Oh, easy. Okay, here we go. It's a long way to the shop if you want to listen to Sean Kemp. Doesn't make sense, does it? Oh, no. That's like the worst one yet. <laughs> that made me feel sick in my stomach. All right, okay. Do you want to do a different one? No, you just... That's, Sean that's Kemp all you've got. Okay, I'm starting it now. Man. Starting it. Sean starting Kemp it. Kemp we find the The guilt trip. I like it. Actually, I needed to get one of these anyway because I've started um, like Skype acting classes with my friend in Sydney. She's actually on Home and Away at the moment. She plays the school principal, which is the shittest show ever. But Can don't I tell just, her that. I love oh, it. I'm sure she's brilliant because you do have to be good to actually get a gig these days doing anything right on Australian television. But I love that you are actually getting acting tips from the principal in Home and Away. Who, Absolutely. Who followed what, who used to be the old principal in Don. Home and Away? Don, Don. Fisher? Don, Don Mr. Fisher. Fisher. Oh, so Don Fisher. Yeah, Don Fisher's out, mate. I don't know, actually. I don't ever watch the show. She said to me the other day, she goes, oh, have you, have you watched much Home and Away? I said, not really. Did you feel bad? Like, you felt you probably had to watch the show, surely. Uh, no, not really. I've actually, yeah, I, I love I love all of her other work. So she was one of the lead actresses in one of my favourite films, Wolf Creek. Oh, um, <laughs> She get killed in that. You know, you know that. Have you ever seen the promo for Wolf Creek, where where she's down on all fours, and it's the last scene where basically uh, the the killer runs her over in, a, in his Ute. So he oh shoots God. her a few times, yeah. and then she's. It's a pretty quite a macabre scene actually. She's sort of crawling on the road. Mm-hmm. It looks like about forty degrees, and he just <laughs> then he just runs her over in his Ute. And he, I think I don't know what happens. I can't remember. I think I just. She probably I... dies, Sean. I think we all know she dies. <laughs> well, you've got a good memory because I'm, I think I'm just traumatised. I've blocked it out. That was one freaking scary movie, Wolf Creek, wasn't First it? First one, yeah. Jesus. I did I did a, a wee halfway through that um, movie and I remember going outside to do the wee and I had the smallest willy ever because <laughs> I was so scared. What's most disturbing about that is actually it's off a true story, which is even worse. So. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very disturbing. Always in the outback, isn't it? Always in the so outback. What, and what's she teaching you? Is she teaching you how to be scared or is she teaching you how to be a principal or just anything <laughs> Kai, else? Kai, by the way, ne- has no acting background, so that's ne- actually neither. an honest question. I, I had to pick two scenes that her and I are going to go through well, pretty soon, I imagine. So she, I'm starting from the beginning. You know, I actually um, did uh, three days on Mortal Kombat last year. And I started work at 4 a.m. every day, and we finished at about 9. And I, I, I have to say that I enjoyed every second of that. As, as, and- as scattered as I was for probably the first couple of days, it was like one of those defining moments in your life where you finally discover where you're probably meant to be. Oh, man, he's going for it. Did, can I Christmas. ask you the best thing about, uh, Sean, the being on a movie set because I've I've done a couple of things yeah as well yeah. but not I'm not talking talking about blowing my own horn but the, my favorite part of anything about being on a film set was actually the buffet table like mm. the food I was there what was it like on Mortal Kombat was there unbelievable sufficient, yeah <laughs> yes bang boom love it my favorite thing about being on a movie set 
It's good, isn't it? Yeah, they, 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 they just go to town on it. They Everything, like, it's gourmet, basically. And then throughout the shoot, I mean, there were 600 extras at the at the actual what? warehouse. And cool. they had to look after us, you know. And the first day was a bit daunting because I waited seven hours before I got to get on set. And then they called us because they had us in groups. So A, B, C, D, A1, A2, blah, blah, blah. And I was in like B6 or something like that. And I never thought I was going to get on. And then they called us onto the set. But the whole time, the caterers were just like, they're wheeling it out. And yeah. every time, it, and it was like, it was funny because people were like seagulls, as soon as they, you know, when the, when the sliders came out, you know, like fucking 40 people just lunged towards this table and then they were gone. Starving like, actors. Okay. Give me something. I've been waiting around yeah. for four hours doing nothing. Give me food. Yeah. yeah. So you would well, know, yeah, being doing a movie, you would know, yeah, it's the, the catering. They, they, the thing is they reckon that if they, you know, if they look after the extras, they'll do a good job, you know, and I, I really believe that. Well, it's like anything. You look after your people, right? Yeah, they're going to do good for you, you hope. 600, 600 sliders, though. Whew, that's a catering team. <laughs> Especially if each person wants to eat they like didn't have five. Enough. <laughs> AI, actually, yeah, they, okay. actually, they skipped out on the drinks, too. They fucking served up bushels. And um and just water. <laughs> bushels. Good old bushels. It was those, bushels. For those at home bushels, not from Australia. Bushels tea. Bushels typical Aussie uh Bushels uh, co- crappy coffee, Nescafe, yeah. disgusting, watered down, dry shit. That was maybe, just, yeah. Was but maybe they terrible. couldn't afford it because of all of the gourmet food, the gourmet stuff that they were serving you, you know? Yeah. They had to kinda take a cut somewhere. I can imagine it would have it would have cost a lot of money to do that. It probably would have cost Oh, to feed all the extras for that time, maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 grand more. Shut up. You know, you've got to pay the catering companies and the workers as well, I suppose. But Did you get any after-work drinks? No. Well, the thing, I, the thing, mate, the thing I was actually spewing about was uh, I actually ended up doing a scene in the movie. I got sort of picked out of all these extras to do a scene, and I was hoping that by doing that and a few, you know, liaisons made – I'd get invited to the bloody the wrap up party, but fuck it didn't I love happen. it. I could just see Sean probably... being like, oh, it's rubbing shoulders with the lead actors. Tough, isn't it, guys? Can't wait till we leave all yeah. these extras behind and head to the after party, and then they all walk. Do you know? Do you know that's actually happened to me before? This is really embarrassing. It was on a commercial, and I, I came in, and there was a lead guy, and I was sort of, an, I guess, sort of an extra or whatever, and. Anyway, the crew all go, okay, that's enough. Oh, we're all, and it was done in a restaurant. We were sitting in an actual really nice fish restaurant. And he's yeah. all, and they've all gone, oh, okay, we're stopping for lunch. And I've gone, great. I was not invited. <laughs> and someone, embarrassingly, huh. so it was for the whole, the, all the crew <laughs> and the lead people. And the director or one of them's gone, oh, yeah, it's not for you guys. And I views? was all gust, like all excited, like, okay, guys, what are we having? embarrassing i had to go yeah no problems bye <laughs> just walk out uh, go to the local euro shop yeah pretty much it was quite that's, embarrassing that's yeah. funny maybe one day if you're um aspiring to be this like amazing actor right like bruce willis and oh. when we when we google when we actually google your name your name might actually come up not the sean kemp who used to be a um uh 50 or who is a 50 year old basketball player what do you know have you, Goog- have you Googled you know yourself? Him? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, do you know him? I do have all you, the time. Have you befriended oh, yeah, him yeah. on Facebook? Oh, look, I've, I've read all about him, but he's from the – used to play in the Seattle Supersonics. 
That's right. <laughs> he knows him he's back to NBA, front. He's an NBA I was nearly gonna, I was, when, I, when I first started doing acoustic stuff, I was going to call my band Sean Kemp and the Super Sonics. Oh, that would have been awesome. Oh, that's cool. I nearly, I nearly did, but yeah. But you didn't. No, nah, he's a crackhead as well. Okay, lovely. So we're glad that you didn't do that. Hey, talking about food, you've been cooking in isolation, I hear. Yes. Well, I see that. Yes. What have, what have you made recently? Is this because you were not a cook before and suddenly you've got into it or what? No, I've always I've always been able to cook, but I'm just fucking really lazy. And I, you know, when, when the days were where you could go out and hit a pub or, you know, I don't know, I'd go and visit friends or, you know, I'd be at footy training or after rehearsal or, you know, I'd always just get takeaway, you know. I would – I hardly ever cook at, at all, but I know how to do it. So mum taught me pretty much everything and I just kept it in the back of my mind, you know. So I've actually got a photographic memory. So oh. I, rem- I remember things. And so she – when she used to cook for me when I was a kid, I used to just take note of what she was doing and I would get right. interested Oh, take and mental I'd snapshots. Her, like, yeah, I'd ask her questions okay. about timing and, you know, I just – my mum is a wealth of information, so I learned pretty much everything from her. Wow. And what's then, your background, Sean? Sorry, just interrupt. Are you Aussie but through and through or you got your what – what's your heritage? Uh, uh, it's, in, it's actually – so on Dad's side, it's Welsh. My dad's grandmother was Hawaiian and uh, mum is – her family from Red Ruth in Cornwall. There you go. So you've learned a lot from your mum. So it's English cooking? Yeah. Sorry, Sean. Right. How old are you? 45. And you just started cooking? No. He yeah. can cook. No, but he just started cooking. He's done more takeaway. More. Up until the COVID came in and he started cooking <laughs> when COVID came in. Is that well, right? The thing, the thing, oh, yeah, sort of. Like I used yeah, to, right. when, I, when I used to get takeaway, I used to actually speak to the chefs and ask them how they did what they did. So, you know, like if I was in Faster Pasta or something, I would say, how do you make, like, blah, 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 like my favourite. Or if I was in Macca's, I'd say, how do you guys make those burgers? <laughs> well, what's the and secret I, sauce? And they tell you and you remember it, right? But I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a big researcher as well, so I do a lot of research and I can, I'm pretty okay. At, like, I, I like in, um, following a recipe to, like, following, like, a song that I've written or something, you know. You just yeah, right. let, it, you let it sort of manifest, you know. Yes. Am, am I still frozen? Yeah, you've been frozen for a long time. But that's okay. Oh, it's like we're talking to like a um a picture. A picture. I quite that's like funny. it actually. It is funny because you can see us, can't you? Uh, yeah, I can. You guys are moving around, but I'm not. No, no, but you're like this. It's actually a very cool. It's kind of a cool it's a, picture. It's a red picture. If you don't mind. It's, prob- it's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the uh, what's the best thing you've made that you've been most impressed? By your own cooking. Well, so, last far. last night last night I made a, a really nice uh, carbonara. Oh, and really carbonara. and really the trick the tricks of the kitchen and the, some of the little things that you do to make it what it is. I actually nailed last night. Whereas I made it a couple of times, like one using cream, and then another time I added them eggs too quickly. Oh, oh no, scrambled, oh. scrambled. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, in the bin. But last night, my God, like, just had everything down to fine art. I was very Bang. proud of myself. Yeah, well done, well you. Done. That's hard well to done. do, the egg. I've never done it. What's the trick to the egg and the cabinet? So what you do is... You've got to ask the guys at Faster Pasta, surely. <laughs> you do, you do, you do. There you go. Well, the trick is you just got to make sure that shit fucking is not hot. You know, you've got to wait for it to uh... just... So I do a bit of cleaning up and whatever because it's still hot. 
Yeah. And then what you do is you just um, – your egg and your parmesan mix and your cracked pepper, you just add that shit very fucking slow and you mix it up, mix it up, <laughs> mix it, and then you serve the fucker up and that's it. Bang, motherfucker. Who'd There's you ser- your beautiful who, meal. Who would you serve it up Drop to? Drop the mic. Who would you serve it up to? Me. <laughs> <laughs> and were you impressed? Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was bloody stoked. I don't, like jar, I don't like jar sauce. Fucking, and I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that jar sauce is shit too. I like making yeah. food from oh, scratch. Jar sauce. So, jar sauce sucks. So, but the one thing I, one thing I've actually discovered I can do quite well is make cakes. Yeah, I love this. So you made a vanilla. Okay, so Kai didn't quite get it because I showed him the photo and it says a vanilla chalk head cake. Yeah. Yeah. Kai didn't get the head head bit. Well, it was just it was just chalk icing on a vanilla cake basically. The head of it was chocolate Kai. But I Is call that it right? a vanilla head. Yeah, yeah, chalk yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit more adventurous and I'm making one this weekend, but I'm going to add chocolate chips. Oh my god, Ooh, who's going to eat that, Sean? Uh, me. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> the problem Sean, with baking what's... in isolation yeah. because you will eat your own food. There's no one else to palm it off to. <laughs> I know. Actually, I give I, I take some down to Mum. She likes a little bit with her coffee. Oh, and my lovely. brother actually gave me the thumbs up for the last cake that I cooked. So. Uh, I've got a couple of fans, and they're the only two people that I have seen in the last five weeks. Oh my god! I run into buddy people in the supermarket every now and then, but when I go, I don't normally see anyone that I know. So are you, I'm just are you... chatting to people. I'm chatting to the fucking checkout chicks. You know, I know I know where they've all come from, their backgrounds, fucking. <laughs> What colour their bra size is? Or, no, I don't know. It gets a bit like that. Like when you see anybody, it's like, hello. Like this is excitement. It doesn't matter who the hell it they is. are. You're just like, can I please talk to you? Please, please talk to me. I think people yeah. often would think I'm a crazy person. Like I waved really overzealously to a guy who was wheeling his son in a wheelchair um, down the street who I don't know, but I waved like really as if like I knew him. I didn't. It was almost like. Hello, person. I'm acknowledging yeah. we're in this together. Hi. And he stopped and was looking around, really worried, like, who the hell is that? And then I felt like a bit of an idiot. And Kai was slowly, like, moving down the seat in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, That's yeah, funny. I get yeah, it. It's, the thing what worries me the most is that it's not it's not going to get any better anytime soon. You know, we're still going to be in this sort of lockdown scenario where we're pretty much – you know, the worst thing I did in the last few weeks was I – I went over my brother's, which he's the only person that I see, and we go exercising and we started mm-hmm. kicking the footy again and just doing stuff that we love and um and jamming, like writing music. And my brother sort of, he's like my right-hand man, really. So I, I, I'm good at ideas, but I'm absolutely terrible at finishing those ideas where my brother is quite an expert at it. Yeah. And he's also, he teaches me little technical things on guitar, which I'm pretty fucking shit at. But uh, as with cooking, like you just, I just have to be... <laughs> shown something how to do it and I can do it you know I'm I'm actually a kinesthetic learner so I watch from I learn from watching that's interesting you say that do you find just to just to butt in there but to uh, confirm like when you're learning a card game because I find this if someone explains to me the rules I'm not really I find it hard to really listen and understand I need them to show me like play it let's play around and then I'll get it is that kind of like that yeah, cards I have absolutely no interest in. Someone tried to teach me to play Juno once, and I was like, "Fucking get, get, get me out of here!" This is, it just, it just for me, my brain just seems to switch off to that sort of stuff. I don't know. Right. Okay. Like when I was a kid, like trying to play Monopoly, I used to just 
get the shits and flip the fucking board up. You know what I mean? Oh, well, that game's um, a killer. No one likes Monopoly, no really, do they? Monopoly. But if you're interested in something and someone shows you how to do it, like uh, when I was uh, a little bit younger, I used to be obsessed with the Chili Peppers and I used to love this record, Mother's Milk. And I used to, at home, I used to put my earphones on, hook it up to the bloody ghetto blaster and sit in my room and I used to say to mum, look, mum, I'm just going to play halfway through this album. I know it's six o'clock and I know I should probably be fucking doing something else, but I really want to, like, learn these licks from this record. And she would say, yep, no worries, but, you know, there was rules. I only had half an hour and I'd be in there and I'd be just smashing away on that record and she'd be she'd be coming in, flicking the light on and off and fucking yelling at me. And I, I'd, I'd have to respect it because... She set the rules, but it was good because I used to, you know, set limits for myself to learn things in a certain amount of time. And I think I've actually adapted that into my adult life as well. Well, good. She's taught you many things. So how quickly can you, can you cook a cabanara? <laughs> Back to the cabanara. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, I reckon it's like... <laughs> It's about 25, 30 minutes, I reckon. It's pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> but, Sean, yeah. okay, so what I wanted to ask really was, like, well, you, you've been a singer songwriter, guitarist for a fairly long time. That's what you do for the most part, what you love. Yeah. How did it all start? I mean, you talk about chili peppers and loving them, but when did you first go, yeah, I'm going to play music and get on stage? Basically, my brother got me into it. So I was I was a sportsman. I was a footballer. I was playing, you know, in the SANFL, in the, in the you, know, you know, in the higher ranks there and then also uh, doing pretty much just that. And then... What happened was I succumbed to a very, very bad back injury, which was actually quite debilitating, and I had to take a couple of years off sport. And mm. in that time, that's when I started to get interested in music, and Drew, that's where my brother and I used to jam in our rooms. So we lived at home. I, Drew, he fucked off when he was about 15 for a while because he was a rebel, but I stuck around, <laughs> and then he moved back, and we had instruments, you know, so mum used to let us do what we did pretty much and and that and that was pretty constant because you know when we were teenagers it was a good way to grow up you know it mm. kept us off the street it kept us out of crime like I, I don't have my brother and I both don't have any record at all I've been I went to court once uh, but that was due to <laughs> ramming into another car on my way to work once it was a long story but <laughs> see any time I've ever been in like really bad trouble oh, apart from I got accused of oh, here we go time. open Pandora's box go on yeah the kidnapping story is pretty funny, but um, no, hang no. On, so hang how- on, hang on, no, 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 go back. What do you mean the kidnapping story? Oh, I was the cops were after me for a night. They thought that I'd kidnapped someone. Well, <laughs> they thought you had. Why did they think that you'd kidnapped someone? Well, I was 19 and I was driving, and I dri- used to, I've driven every Holden you can think of, right? And we were going to Lenny's Tavern. <laughs> there was too many of us in my car, so I said to one of the chums. Right, fucking get in the back. And he goes, what do you mean get in the back? I said, in the boot. And he's like, I don't want to get in the boot. I said, get in the boot. Otherwise, we're leaving you here. And he goes, all right, I'll get in the boot. So we've, he's got in the boot. We've rocked into a petrol station and I've filled up. And he's got out of the boot and whatever and we're ribbing him, whatever. And then we made him get back in. And we're mucking around, whatever, like we're young. And then we went to Lenny's. And then we're there for about mm-hmm. two hours. And it was like, it was it was it was pretty pretty bland that night. So we decided to hit the big ticket on <laughs> on Hindley Street. You know, a bit of a hangout at the time. And mm-hmm. I, when I was when I was when I was a teenager too, I, 
teenager too. I didn't drink a lot as well because I was a footballer. So, you know, I had some pretty important games to play and whatever. But so from what happened was I got home, 3, yeah. 4 a.m., whatever. Mum's home, up. And she's like, you're in so much trouble. I'm like, why? She goes, the police have been here and a few of your friends have been phoning here asking why Sean wanted for kidnapping. What's happened is when we're at the petrol station, the cashier thought I was throwing someone in the boot. Oh, because that's where it happened. Where you, oh, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So they called the cops and said, oh, I've just witnessed a kidnapping. And the cops Brilliant. have gone to Lenny's. And this is a true story. The cops have gone to Lenny's. And they've stopped the music and they've said, if anyone here knows Sean Kemp, come to the front. And two two of my girlfriends at the time went to the front and they're like, what's he done? And they're like, oh, he's suspected kidnapping. And they're just like, (laughs) what the fuck? I had to ring SAPOL at like 4 a.m. and they gave me me an absolute dressing down for that. They were like, we should charge you and all this bullshit. And I was like... Look, I'm really sorry. And they're like, can you, do you understand if you put someone in the boot of your car and you have an accident, they're going to be dead and blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I guess so, but I'm fucking dumb. So I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm 19, mate. We don't think of these things. Um, and they, they, let, they let me off, which was lucky, but yeah, quite wow. a funny occurrence. That's exciting. Oh, my God, yeah. for kidnapping. That is I a love very, it. very Australian bogan thing to do. And especially <laughs> oh, in the yeah. Holden. Well, done. well, I remember, like, I remember back in the day, I wasn't there, but, you know, when your parents tell you about stories, they were going to the drive-in, so they'd all put the extra people in the boot so they could get in, for, you know, for free, stuff like that, you know. Which Australian male hasn't been in the boot of a car, though, to get to a party? That's true. <laughs> Seriously. That's so true. Oh, my God. Hey, where were we before the kidnapping? That's quite funny. <laughs> I like that story. That's a great story. Not as good as as, uh, the other one that was told on your show a few weeks ago. Your poo story? Yeah. We're not going to – we won't go there tonight. We won't go there. Yeah. No, we're doing a poo story. But you'll have to – I'll look and find the episode and I'll tell you which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow you tell it pretty good. Oh, well, I'm not going to tell it now because I can't quite remember it, but it was hilarious. And embarrassing for me as well. There's so many good poo stories. We were thinking of having more – stories on our show anyway but you were talking about okay so you got into music with your brother yeah. so when was your first gig do you remember your first gig that you ever had yeah it was in my in the, my back shed so what happened was mum decided to gyp rock the entire rumpus room which was for a cavernous you. shed before awesome so, she, so a friend of mine the other day he wrote me this message on facebook and he goes i don't know why he did this but he wrote he goes oh, i remember being in your rumpus room when we were teenagers and your mother said to you, Sean, just go in there and express your artistic freedom. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Really? Your mum sounds but amazing. I did, though. I'm a painter as well. So I've been out of paint since I was a really young kid and I used to go in there and paint murals and then whitewash them and do another one, whitewash them, do another one. I did that for 10 years of my life and... Um, Sean, can I ask, did you used to steal other, like, painting ideas because you had a photographic memory? Like, you would look at, like, a, you know, nah, Van Gogh that, and go snap. They were fresh. And then... <laughs> so I actually, I actually um, took it to the next level. And at the back of the school that I used to go to, there was this huge green shed. And it really turned me on because it was such a large canvas. <laughs> and I, and, it, and every day, every day I would sit in the back of the 
school as a I think I was like 16 something 15 and I would stare at that shed and I would sit and smoke and stare and smoke and stare and one day I just thought that's it I'm going to fucking paint a ninja turtle on the back of that shed so I did <laughs> so basically I did that it took me two hours to, to, to do a fucking Raffaello right why did you choose Man, Raphael have you got a picture mm. of that Never oh, got it. Nah. No, well, you, back then you would have to run and get your actual camera, wouldn't you? Oh, With yeah, film in and it. And then you'd have to get it processed yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Because we're talking, nah. what, 90, what year would that have been? Like, I was, it was 90, 90, 90, I did it. 15, did, I was. Yeah. 30 years ago. And I got time. me spray cans from like fucking, I don't know, some some shop wherever you get spray cans. And I think I flogged a few as well. <laughs> I was going to say, did you pay for them? No. Well, you've answered that G-spot question later about have you ever stolen anything? <laughs> yeah, I did. Stole spray cans. <laughs> I Tuscan, they were called Tuscan cans. And I used to have like a you know, kaleidoscope of colours. And you know that, you know, now that you talk about that, I reckon I, reckon I know someone who's got a photo of that piece <gasps> that I did. Wow. I'll, try and, I'll try and hunt it down. Hunt it I don't down. Know. Hunt that he was, Ninja Turtle. Because he was with me at the time and we painted this mural and it was amazing. Well, I thought I did a good job, but someone took a photo of me doing it because it was at the back of the river track and they they did, they did flashed me on a fucking um, Polaroid. But oh, we, my oh. mate and I was so high at the time, we didn't really catch on because I smoke <laughs> uh, cigarettes. But I used right, to do yeah. it for creative inspiration because uh, for a lot of years I – Used to use other other ways of um, opening up some different doors in my mind, and that was something that I actually carried into sculpture and also into music as well. Well, mu- mu- there was worse with music because I actually went so far that I actually ended up in rehab. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, wow. But so a lot of, of obviously there was a good side to that. I mean, a lot of people go down that track, don't they? Because because of the creativity that can come out of it, right? Well, I did a, I did a, I was going through like really bad depression for a long time, and I used to sculpt to help me with my mental health. So mm. I actually sculpted so much, I ended up doing an exhibition. I fucking sold everything. Oh wow! And then then what I did from there was I started to just look after myself a bit better and. I went to get some, you know, some therapy and stuff like that, which really I found really helped me. And mm. now, now I sort of have coping mechanisms. And when I feel like I'm going to explode, I've got ways of dealing with that now. Because I actually had an occurrence. Uh, it was a number of weeks ago now, where when the pandemic first started to, you know, erupt, I, mm. I, I did my usual Sunday shop. I Every Sunday I take my mum shopping because she's elderly and I need to sort of help her out with stuff. And this one particular Sunday, the supermarket, there was social distancing, fucking whatever. Like there was like 200 people in there. And this guy cruised past me with his trolley and he smashed right into my trolley. And I had this flashback of like when I was in my 20s where I used to just explode. Oh, I, I wouldn't even fucking say anything. I'd just start punching. And, and when he hit me, I had this feeling that I used to feel when I used to get angry. But now I have ways of actually calming myself down. So the, it does still happen for me sometimes. Like the kettle mm. starts to boil a little bit. But yeah. um, I've been I've been given techniques on how to actually curb that now. So so that could be obviously very triggering moments. Have you found then in isolation, has it sort of triggered anything for you whilst you're, you're, you've been by yourself or not really? Well, Is it more sort of when you're out and about? 
Yeah, yeah, other people. So if I'm not around right. other people, I'm actually making money. But <laughs> you got your honest, baking. <laughs> I got my yeah, I got my bloody my my new food processor. Uh, you haven't got a thermo yeah. mix, have you? Nah, <laughs> Campbell, it's pretty good. Can't overload it though; doesn't like it. But um, yeah, no, no. Actually, I've been isolating for about a year now. I've, I've been uh, planning an American tour. Oh, well, oh. right. Tell us all about it, because just let's go back a step. Yeah. So, from your the Rumpus Room gigs to yeah, like then where did you progress from there? Yeah, when was your first big pub gig or bar gig or city gig? What did you do? The Cowandilla RSL. Yes, RSL. Love the Cowandilla RSL. I used to be really like you know very much like um you John know, Bon Jovi. I don't I don't know I don't know what I thought. Go I was, on, I was, say I was, it. I was go a cross on. Between fucking. Muscle. Brad Pitt, Chad, Chad Smith, and buddy, I don't know Tico Torres. I don't know. Yeah, we did that. It was it was good. It was really good. We I was drumming. My brother was playing guitar. We had a singer, keyboard player. The funny thing was, this guy who was rehearsing with us, we went to the Sky Show the night before. Oh, Sky and, Show! And he and he was there. And my brother had kicked him out of the band, and not told me. And, and, and he oh, came up to me at the Sky Show. Go, he was crying. He's like, Sean. He goes, I know that you've got this. Gig at the Calendula RSL. He goes, your brother like rang me up today and sacked me. I'm like, what? What's he done? Oh, he doesn't want me in the band. And I'm like, he, he was like bawling his eyes out. I'm like, it's all right, man. You can be in the band. I'll talk to Drew. Drew was like, no, fuck him. I don't want him in the band. He's out. And I was like, Drew, come on, man. We're playing at a fucking RSL, dude. <laughs> so he was like, all right, but one gig. <laughs> and we did that gig, and that band never played again. No, oh, what, what was the, band? the name was, of the band? Yeah, I know. The the band? Yeah, we want to know. We were called, uh, not, uh, we were called not only but also. Ooh, oh, my God. My, a... my mind just exploded. Not only not a... but also. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was cool. It was like a it was like a covers sort of band, but we had a, we actually had original songs as well. Yeah, right. That we put together. They were pretty, you know, they were probably pretty average back then, but, you know, we did Being... write them ourselves. Like the... That was flowing from pretty early age, I must admit. Like I love that. Was it all grungy stuff? Was it being the 90s yeah, where you're playing? It was like... grunge because it morphed into a grunge band. Different band? Different band. Like So right. we got we found someone else to play bass and Drew and I were like, right, we're going to keep it as a trio because it was right. fucking so much easier. Yeah. And we got, this, got, we got this bass player in and we just started gigging our asses off. And then yeah. um, we saw that the Clowns of Decadence were playing. We said to Rod, oh, we want to support the Clowns. And he's like, well, you've got to do something interesting. So we went and, like, dressed up. So I was, like, a cone head. Uh, my brother was, like, uh, I don't know, he was in drag or something. And then Aaron, the bass player, he was dressed as an astronaut or something like that. Yeah. And Rob Brilliant. was, like, you got the show. So after that, we became friends with the clowns, and we did heaps of gigs with them after that. For anyone that doesn't know the clowns of decadence, they were, like, a band in the, what, 90s that basically dressed up as clowns and breathed fire through the show, right? Did they do anything yeah. else? But, oh, I just just did a lot of things backstage that I probably can't mention, but yeah. Really? No. They were cool. They were actually really cool. You love them, yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw them. You know, they were massive in Adelaide, and yeah. we saw them in Melbourne, and there was no one there. There was oh, absolutely really? no one there. Yeah, it was surprising, really, really surprising. Yeah. But um, I'm sure you would have had some crazy times. Can you reveal any of those crazy times for them? They taught me a lot of things about, you know, what you meant to do Fire. in a band. You know? All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, the rock and, just, like the rock and roll stuff, like breaking shit. Yeah, they were sort of like our dads, you know. Like they, we did heaps of shows with them. Like, <laughs> How old were but, they? But, they? But bad dads, bad dads. Like, they just they just looked after bad. us. They were just really nice to us. You know, we used to, 
we play with him in uh, in the country. We play with him in the city. Play okay. with him at different venues. A couple of uni shows. Like your mentors um, on the road. Yeah, they were. But I must admit, I stepped over the mark with that band because I used to just chew their ear off about all sorts of shit. And they, I don't know if they really like that because I see Mark every now and then, the singer at like Woolies, and he just fucking looks the other way. I'm like, oi! And he's just like, <laughs> he yeah, him down. But Hang on, did you, did you, love, did you love... take your cone head with you every every gig? Nah, I just did it for that one so I could get the gig with the clowns. Just to That's show off, you know. I love how that you now see each other at Woolies. Like, doesn't time move on? <laughs> like the famous, like the, the famous rock legends. They're In still Adelaide. shopping at Woolies. You know? Yeah, they 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 don't really want to do much anymore. They they're more into just their families and some of them study. Oh, and stuff. So annoying. So they're into. Their I've tried family. to I've tried to like you know coax them back out and do do more gigs together, but they're just not interested. But hey, dads. Um, hey, dads. Yeah. Hey, dads. Hey, dads. <laughs> Did you ever meet in your in your travels back in the day, Sia Furla, because she is originally from Adelaide, and back then she was in a band called Crisp. Do you remember that? Yeah, I've got a Sia Furla story. So Sia Furla, right, I went to the first or maybe second WOMAD ever, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking like 20-plus years ago. And I was there with my friend, and he was with someone that knew Sia. And right. Sia... Sia got introduced to me and I spent the day with Sia at WOMAD just hanging out. Yeah, because back then she was just in a local band, wasn't she? Doing yeah, so she, yeah. she told me that day that she was in Crisp and I ended up going and seeing Chris a few times and talking to her and whatever. And if I, I reckon if I ran into her now, if I mention, though, mention that, she she may remember, I don't know. But Maybe. I'm a yeah. huge fan of Sia Furla. I it's love amazing. her. I love her albums. Very cool, but we're very proud to be like, yeah, she's from Adelaide, people. <laughs> Even though she didn't tour here last time. But that's yeah. Awesome. You have um, opened for loads of awesome bands over the years. Like, it's crazy. Back in I'm the day. I'm always like, back in the day. Well, it's not even back in the day. It wasn't that long when ago. When bands were oh, around. Pre- Pre-COVID and when bands were Pre-COVID. around. What was your most awesome band that you opened for, sorry? Ooh. That you loved the experience. Like, you were like, this and, is awesome. And where was it? There's probably there's there's probably like several that stick out, but yeah, the one that the one that I thought was the craziest, and was when we I did like three nights at the Gov with the Bay City Rollers. Oh, and, Bay City Rollers! And How it was cool sold was out every night, and their their fans are absolutely insane, but in a good way. Yeah. So they bring they bring the tartan, you know, and it's just like they're all pretty much like they're mature, and they just give you the time of day and they, and they really like they didn't know me from a bar of soap but they just really showed me some absolute respect on stage no egos. I, yeah i've got to, yeah they were basically rollers they they were like the original boy band back in the day yeah no basically rollers what did they sing you see i know them but then i i shamalamaluma or whatever i don't know like you'd have to sing song- the songs you know. They were like the pretty boys of the of the 60s, 70s, you know, like yeah. I Take That or, you know, One Direction. You know, I'm pretty became. sure my mum's got an album of theirs. I remember uh, an album cover, Bay City Rollers. Got to get that back out. <laughs> Maybe you can sign it. Sure. <laughs> no, did, they feel, did they feel like dads as well? Like the, um, did they feel like oh, your dad? For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Le- Le- Granddad. Les, McE- Les McEwen, he, he could be my grandfather for sure. <laughs> okay, um, so you, you've you gigged with a lot of um, fatherly figures. Yes. So to speak. And yes. Boney M. Didn't you do Boney M? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, twice at the Garvin, once at Sebi. Oh, and I got to hang out with Macy. She Macy's the only original member, so she was in the band. Oh, from really? Day one. Okay, I didn't and know she, that. She, yeah. When I did when I did when I did the gig with them at Sebi Theatre. Uh, after I came off stage, she came into my dressing room and actually was like, I love that. I love that. It was so – she goes, it was just really, really soulful experience. Loving it. Love- oh, it was a nice awesome. – it was, it was a lovely compliment anyway. It was good, you know. Hey, you may actually be able to clear something up. We were talking about Boney M earlier, and Kai says at Christmas they always play the Boney M album. And I yeah. thought, that's like an Aussie thing, right? Like a tradition. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You've done that. You've heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um Feliz Navidad. That's the song. Feliz Navidad. That's yeah. it. Feliz yeah. Navidad. I wanna wish you a merry. I say I sang that Kai. But, but the yeah. thing is, when you actually have Christmas, the whole C D goes on, right? Yeah, it's And it's not like just forty seven fa- minutes of just playing yeah. that. True. So you're also listening to By the Rivers of Bar. That's right. And generally that C D gets <laughs> oh. forgotten about at Christmas and it goes on repeat and then yeah. You play it three times over. <laughs> so true. Well, okay, good. The amazing thing is I used to – my mum and dad used to have a Boney M record that we used to listen to. Ma, Ma yeah. Baker is one of my favourite songs ever. And then to be in a position where you, you're playing with them, like, it's just it's Unbelievable. quite surreal. But the funny thing about Boney M is that their, their original producer, who actually did all of their records, he actually was responsible for Millie Vanilli as well. Oh, classic. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> what, did, what did Millie Vanilli sing again? No, I don't think he sang. No, they sang something quite sexist, didn't they? Or they're the ones who got done for lip singing. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. What did they sing? Tea, Millie tea, tea, Blame tea, it on tea, the rain. The... Yes, that's it. But they Except, didn't sing that, though. No, someone else that. did, and it was not them. And they had lots of bra- long braids in their hair. I remember that. German synth pop or whatever. Whatever it was. Oh, good old Millie Vanilles. Miss them. Not. <laughs> anyway. Hey, so so with all these gigs happening and, you know, you are, you know, you have your trajectory into the spotlight, Sean, after Boney M and Basie Rollers is happening and then freaking mm. you book all these awesome gigs and then COVID comes into town. Yeah. Have, has that cancelled a lot of gigs for you? Yeah, definitely. Well, I've also got Sharks as well, which we were starting to build up a bit of momentum. Like we just before COVID hit, we did a big gig at Jive with Bob Log from America, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Their fans fucking hated us, but we <laughs> had a we had a we had a fill in that night, so we had our, we have oh, two bass players. So yeah. when Josh can't play, we get our mate Buck to come and play. Hey, so but, Sean, but what it, happens when people hate you on stage? That's hor- that must be horrible when you're. That's you got to try and win them back over. The, yeah, you right. Try and win okay. them. So basically, it's pretty awkward because, you know, you, you really know that they hate you with a passion because they just don't react <laughs> at all in any way. Oh, and then no. what we did though, and I mean, this was just a situational thing, but Buck and I used to be in a band together, which was like a psychedelic sort of jam band. So Buck and I, we've known each other in jam together for years. So. I just said to both the two lads, let's just, after this song, let's just fucking jam on these chords for the next 20 minutes, which is what we did. And as we did that, the people in the venue started moving towards the stage because they could see that we were just getting crazy. And right. for me, I love that because I feel like I'm 15 again. Where mm, I'm in the, improv. I'm in, the back, I'm in the back shed of the rumpus room. Oh, you're in the rumpus. We're just, we're just going just at painted, it. You know? Just painted Donatello. 
on the side of the room. I'll tell you, tell you what, music wasn't the only thing that was going on in that rumpus room, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, called oh, rumpus. Lady... it's called a rumpus room for, for a reason. I was going to ask, that's right. you get heaps that's of right. the la- have you got heaps of the ladies when you're in the in the 90s? It was you know? a swinging door. It was a swinging door. Oh, oh really? Just Remember, just... I, used to, I used to look like the um, Canadian president, so, you know. If you've seen if you've seen any early isn't, photos isn't of me, got, isn't he old? <laughs> the Canadian president, he's always been oh, old. No, he's pretty young. Okay. Okay. I still actually look, I used to look like him when I was like when I was uh, you know twenties. Hang on, so you look very similar, like the current the current Canadian president. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Right. Okay. All right. So Let's yeah, that. used to yeah used to do all right. Not so much anymore, <laughs> unfortunately. But oh well. Oh, the ladies. It's a good thing about being in a rock band. Except if you're a chick, it's a bit different for some reason. Uh, Maybe because I was pregnant all the time on stage, so I didn't look like I was exactly, you know, single. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. I had some funny occurrences. Like we – I'll never forget the night that we were about to get a contract, like, with Triple J for our music to go high rotation, and we had to do a showcase at St. Paul's with this band called Gone to Earth. Mm-hmm. And Triple J people were there from Sydney checking mm, us out. Pressure. And after the we 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 did really well because we ended up scoring like high rotation and we did like live at live at the wireless and all that. Yeah. And what happened was this girl that had been just stalking me was hanging out, and the, the guy from Sydney from Triple J like pulled me to one side and he's telling me all about all these things that he wanted to do and he wanted us to you know do like these different tours and whatever. Because back in the day, my brother and I, we had a band that Triple J used to play a lot. And uh, this girl was just like hanging off me that night. And I remember just like him saying to me, fucking what's up with her? And I was just like, oh, look, man, just, I don't know. And I ended up taking her into this room and said, look, can you just fucking just leave me alone for five minutes, please, you know? <laughs> and she, she spat the dummy and just fucking went berserk. She was and crazy. I knew, and they, they were just like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? And I was like, sorry, but she's nuts. <laughs> and fucking she wow. was still waiting for me after the show. I walked out. And she was were you still a bit scared? Scary. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, well, I don't know. She was like, she was leaving like bouquets of flowers on my front doorstep and shit. It was re- really weird. Oh my God, amazing. Ooh. I want one of those. Yeah, back then it was, di- it was different. You know, it was different. You know, if you look at the, you know, getting off track a bit, but if you look at the playlist of Triple J back then, it was... They were into they were into their sort of more indie sounding yeah. grungy sort of bands and that's sort of what we did. Oh, it, and it's changed less, a less lot. commercial back then anyway. It has it's changed so much, which is fine. Things change, but I think I mean, do you, what do you think nowadays with live music? It's just a little bit it's a bit sad, isn't it? It's hard to get people to come out and listen to bands. Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to be on the radio. You know, I, during you know during this time, you can sort of see that even with the ISO stuff, they're really still still nichey. You know. Yeah. And yep. I, I'm not you know I'm not really 100%. I I don't mind it. I don't mind. I like watching live performances like with this isolated stuff, but um, I, I don't know if I'm uh, yes, I don't know if I'm going to really get on board with it. You know. Yeah, the I've old online. You've been approached online. to do something online and do yeah. a bit of a song. Yeah, but yep. through Recklink, through Recklink, which is my charity that I I work for, and I've uh, run the uh, done all the footy coaching for the Community Cup for the last five years. So they they approached me. The Sydney or Melbourne office approached me last week and said, "Look, Sean, we want to if you can get a few of the players together to do some isolated gigs, and we'll promote it through Recklink. That'd be cool." So 
I think we're going to do that. I might, and I'll probably just thrash out a set myself and my shitter. Well, <laughs> he has to go back to the shitter, it looks like. Gig on the shitter. <laughs> yeah. I make all the people jealous with as much toilet paper as you can muster in the shot. Good, good acoustics. <laughs> it is fantastic acoustics. I want to see that. That looks. That sounds like it's something worthy of doing, I think, if you're actually going to do a song or something and put it online. Unlike I would feel quite uncomfortable just doing it for the sake of doing it so I could show myself off. It's fine yeah. if people want to do it. It's clearly I have issues. But, you know, I probably don't feel like it's really, you know, a place where I can – I feel safe doing that. <laughs> nah, a friend of mine did something the other day on, on Instagram and I watched a couple of performances and it was cool and – the other day, I saw Missy Higgins do like a gig from her kitchen. You know, it was it was cool. It is. It's great that they're doing it. I do wonder though, with so many people putting stuff out there, do you think it's actually having an impact on sort of making an awareness that hey, the arts is important? Because obviously, we're not being funded. The arts industries, like some of the other industries, by the government, because it's not seen as a, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a more profitable industry at the moment. Do you think that sort of helps with everyone flooding this idea of flooding Facebook with arts and whatever you're doing, show it, show the world? I just think there's a lot of people out there who are very bored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can understand that because if you're a musician or if you're a touring artist, you're just you've been told you've got to stay home. Like that's fucking foreign to them. Do you know what I mean? That's like right. they trying want to, get to tell out. To, like a trying to tell like a touring artist uh, there's no more gigs and there's no more venues and there's no more riders and there's no more fans and there's no more m- blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, what have I got? Well, nothing. you got to stay home. What, right. do what? And right. do fucking nothing. Well, why do I have to? No, there's a fucking virus out there that fucking kills people. So mm. you don't want to go near it and we don't want you spreading it. So you have to stay home and you have to socially distance yourself. Well, what am I going to do about money? <laughs> Fuck knows. Get a job. <laughs> Go on the dole, whatever. Like, yeah. what, what can, what can, what can you, what can you do? Like, you've just got to, you've got to go with your government assistance, and you've got to be able to just try to budget as much as possible until this pandemic ends, which is not looking like it's going to happen anytime soon. Which is quite, quite a, you know, it's scary. quite a scary prospect. It's, it's a bit it? of a downer. It's a scary prospect, but I think what will happen with, you know, once they start to focus on the tracking and they start focusing on where it's clustering, um, what will happen is eventually we'll be able to get it under control. The restrictions will slowly lift, but the one thing that's going to be educational for everyone in the world is how we go about living our lives, again, in a mm. hygienic way, in a in a sensible way. Um, getting mass groups together is going to be a, something that is going to be very, very uh, daunting for most. I think there's a, there's a lot. Of, there's also a lot of people out there that probably can't fucking wait to get out and about and get pissed with a fucking hundred hundred thousand people. But everyone knows that that's how germs spread. Re-education is the key. You know. That's right. I think if there is a uh, a vaccine, I'd probably be the first one to get it. Oh, sorry. If I have got it, I'd be the first one to try and crowd surf. Oh, what? Sorry. Hang on. If you've got the the vaccine. Oh, you've had it. If, right. Well, if I've had the once. A vaccine is developed. Yeah, that will be that will be the end of it. But the one thing that needs to be taken into consideration as well is how other germs spread and how how people go about living their lives in the future. I think social distancing should be something that should happen from now on. Like for example, like in the supermarkets, they've got the screens up 
that should also be the case. Um, and also, too, I think this, this year is teaching us things like with, with the fires, you know, like mm. the burn-offs and, and how councils go about treating the wildlife is very, very important to be thinking about ongoing and doing it before we start hitting those 40, 45-degree days because nobody wants to see, and you guys first-hand experience, no one wants to see that again. No one wants to experience it. So what we need to do is we need to work with um, climate change and see how it actually affects the planet and listen to people who know what they're talking about. You know, like I'm not into, with what's going on at the moment, I'm not into watching, you know, little videos of people talking about, you know, they've had the virus or shit going on in New York or blah, blah, blah. I'm just more into the, the facts, basically social distance, stay, have really, really great hygiene, be in a situation where you're not around anyone that's sick and if you are sick, just stay home and curb the fucking graph, you know? They reckon we're going to like pretty much uh, have a very low flu flu um, season this year as well because no one's catching up with each other. How good is that going to be? We might eradicate the flu. Well, I'll tell you something interesting. A few months ago, I was at my father's place. Uh, I reckon it was like November and my little cousins were there and we were just, you know, mucking around and bloody having a laugh and I was picking them up on their ankles and bloody dumping them on the ground and they were, they were you know, they thought it was hilarious. I got home and I started to get this tickle in my throat and I fucking got the, one of the worst colds I've ever had. Hmm. And that's that's really, you know, what does that say? Like, if you, if that's not social, that's not being sensible, you know. Like, I, I think that if you're around other people or other children, keep your distance because germs can just pass so quickly. Like, one of them was probably playing in the dirt and they probably had, you know, something on his bloody T-shirt or something and it's it's got it's gone near my face and I've all of a sudden – and something else very interesting was I was actually emptying out my fucking vacuum cleaner last year and I didn't have a mask on and as I emptied it out, all the dust went up into my face and I got a fucking horrendous <laughs> cold from that. That's I didn't have this story. image of you empty because I know that happens very often and I'm sure people at home what did you? when you empty the vacuum, if you're in a rush or something, that does happen. You, get a, you just get this huge face full of fluff and you know that know. Not, it's not good. It's not good. Two, two things that tells me is they should bring back the bags in the vacuums, like this bagless vacuum cleaner. Bullshit. Yeah. Just get a bag and dump it. Well, it's not very environmental, Kai. They're usually paper bags. And second question, what did you suck up on the floor? What was on the floor? What was made the you sick, yeah. Who yeah. knows? Were you vacuuming someone else's bedroom? Oh, sorry. No, it was someone my else's. Place. <laughs> someone place else's. Basically. My place full of fucking dust. Maybe you sucked up like in your vacuum cleaner last year's flu. Yeah, probably. If you only clean, clean once a year, it's probably been lurking around like a bad flu. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I've always, I used to work as a cleaner when I left school so i definitely have always had this minor obsession with fucking cleaning products i'm, I'm an avid i'm an avid collector did like, you manage really... to get any from the supermarket have you oh, have you I, been I had someone heaps already right of course you did I, stupid I, I, question but even tonight i have this this oh, this is something i've probably not really revealed to anyone ever i have this fetish for cleaning products so if i see something interesting i buy it so tonight something, I bought. Some, I love it. Something I bought some strike disinfectant, hospital grade disinfectant. Kills ninety nine point ninety nine. Every time if I, if I see ninety nine point nine nine, it's mine. And if if it's lavender, I'm fucking in love. 
Okay, I and feel I like there's a song in that. Is that? 99 point. Oh, no, there it is. Yeah, there it is. is. <laughs> Sorry. 99. I got that from my mother as well because she's, she's obsessed with disinfectants and stuff and I've always oh. had a bit of an affinity for them for some reason or another. So. And they're probably okay. the generation that like pot- potpourri as well, which is probably where your love of lavender comes from. So. Oh, she loved, She always used to have it around the house, so I, lo- I like that smell. But even before social distancing and also uh, hot, good hygiene, every time I was in the supermarket, my mother would say to me, stay away from people. Uh, <laughs> right? Stay away from people. She did, she'd, she'd say, stay away from people and fucking clean that cart down. And I'd be like, oh, what are you going to clean the cart down for? She goes, fucking clean it down. It's full of germs, blah, blah, blah. Did she so, swear? Uh, did she say fucking clean that down, Sean? Sometimes she does. <gasps> What's her name? What's your mother's name? Die. Die. I can't believe that you swore around your son, but love <laughs> you because you sound awesome. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, Die sounds cool. like a cracker. I love her. Hey, Sean, you've got um, all these cleaning products, but what about the applicators? Like, have you got a good um, sponge that you recommend? You know, like the old days they had the. Uh... I just use general anti like bacterial wipes and also. Uh, just those normal cloth wipes are good, and the ones with the serrated edges are pretty good. I've got a hospital uh, mop and bucket with wheels on it. From the hospital? Did you steal it? So you've well, stolen they... it from the hospital. No, I, Sean. I, just went into, I went into Bunnings one day and said, what, what do they use in the hospitals? And they're you like, stole it from there. like, I'll buy it. <laughs> stole Done. it from the hospital. I can just... I, when, I, when I was a cleaner, I loved that job. I bought my first drum kit from that job. So I used to clean Castle Plaza. I thought nice you were going to go. say I bought my first mop from that after I bought after I did the cleaning uh, job. I bought my own mops. kit. I, I I really loved that job until they fired me. Um, but why did uh, they fire you? The guy wanted to give his brother a job or something, so I got the sack. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Hey, Sean, do you want to move on to a little section called the G spot? Yeah. It's the G spot. All right, a couple of questions for you: guilty or not guilty, essentially. Okay, have you ever uh, said or done something whilst at a gig while you were supporting someone maybe ultra-famous or whatever that you've regretted, that you've gone, ooh, that was embarrassing? Yeah, I think I tried to get the audience to clap along. <laughs> I just didn't do it. And then and then oh. I finished the set. I was actually opening up for the animals. Actually, the funny thing about the animals, they, they wrote this song called We Gotta Get Out of This Place. If it's the last thing we ever do. Come on, sing it with me. We gotta get out of this place. And then they did um, House of the Rising Sun. Oh, they did that one. House of in New Orleans. House of the Rising Sun. Anyway, we gotta get out of this place. The Angels did a version of that as well. Mm. I would have thought they were the first ones. The other way around. No, it was the animals, right? So, okay. So, backstage, I said to the I was like, hey, you guys realise that, you know, this famous band in Australia covered this song? And I expected them to go, yeah, man, yeah. Like, and I was just like, who the fuck are the angels? I was like, yeah, okay, thanks, guys. Like, I just didn't even, I was, I didn't even show them the song at all. Um, that's what they said. They were like, who the fuck are they? And, like, and I'm like, yeah, they Ooh. covered your song. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, okay, I've got to go on stage now. I thought, fuck! I think I just got him in trouble. Oh, well, but any, yeah. anyway, I, I think I think they were just they just didn't give they're old dudes. They didn't give a shit. But right, I tried yeah. to get the audience to to, to clap along. Yeah, they, they they didn't, and it was just it was pretty embarrassing because I had to fucking 
backpedal after, and then I finished the set, and I was walking out of the venue, and this uh, old bloke, he would have been about 17, he goes, hey, mate, hey, mate, I've got some feedback for you. I was like, what? Oh. And he goes, goes, you are the shittest band I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was, I, I was, no. I was a bit, I'm like, holy fuck, I've got to do this again tomorrow night. And I'm like, what? <sighs> and he goes, you fucking heard me. And I was like. Oh, no. Did your heart and, explode? Well, I, I was in shock because I thought he was joking. Because <laughs> people have come up and said shit to me before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. And they were like, ah, oh, just kidding, you fucking idiot, whatever. But I was yeah. like, what the fuck did you say? And he just goes. You fucking heard me. And I was like, and Kirsten, my backing singer, she's she comes straight over and just grabbed me and just like, leave now, because she could see I was starting to fume. Mm. And I and I was and I spent the next probably twenty minutes in the car park just fucking rinsing off about it. Isn't that funny though? How you would have had heaps of people that tell you, oh, you're fantastic, you're so great, and then that you remember that one time that person said you were shit. We tend yeah. to do that, don't we? But I don't want. People to come up and say, "Oh, you, you know, you're so good and blah blah." So I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how I can be better. You know. Sure. Constructive. You want constructive feedback. What's the band called? So, anyway, I just call it my name, Sean Kemp. But actually, I'm considering changing it to like a band name. Ooh. Mm. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. COVID maybe or no. <laughs> COVID Kempy. <laughs> Oh my god! So I don't know. Maybe the super, maybe maybe supersonics. I I, I don't know. Like, I like it. Obvious, you could but... go with that. You could go with that. Okay. Well, your next question. We already know mm. that you did steal some spray cans back in the day. But have you got yeah. a story about stealing anything? Have you got any gold about stealing something? Stole a few hearts, I suppose. Oh. I haven't heard that one actually. That's nah. a good answer. I wasn't much of a thief actually when I was younger. Yeah, no, never really stole much. Nah, nah, I always used to, I always had a job, always had that ethic, that work ethic, you know, mum sent me out to work when I was about 14, like, luckily for me, I've always been able to talk shit, so I talked my way into a government traineeship, I just lied, basically, they asked me all these things about me, and I just told them fucking complete bold-faced lies, and they gave me a job. So you're more of a liar than a stealer, you'd say? I was, yeah, yeah, prolific. <laughs> so did you lie about the fact you haven't stolen anything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't answer that. Oh, I've got a question for you. You did one piece of uh, a Ninja Turtle. Did you yep. do any more pieces? Because I actually consider that, I'm not sure, I'm not a smart man, but that's actually um, graffiti. I actually mm. got made to paint over it. So what, what happened was when oh, I was, because I, yeah. I used to, I tagged as well. So what happened was I got roped into the principal's office. And this, what was your tag? Is, what was your tag? What was your tag name? It's Kay. I think it was like Vi or something like that. I haven't thought about that in fucking 30 years. Anyway, so what happened was I got busted and um, the council rep came down as well and my my punishment was I had to paint uh, about 50 fences that I had defaced and then I had to, in front of the entire school, I had to paint over my Ninja Turtle. Oh, sad everyone. times. And that's true. I actually had to paint over it. So, yeah, it's, you know. So I'm hoping my mate Maddie Gregory got a 
a photo oh. of it. I'll be hitting him up this week for that. Do you know what? I would, I would love it, Sean. If you know how sometimes in our memories things are heaps better. Like, oh, I'm not saying it's, it's be... bad. But imagine if you got the photo and went, oh, that's shit. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, what was I thinking? It was this masterpiece. Was Do you know, it's, you know, it's yeah. funny you say that. Just on, on Ninja Turtles, I um, when I was about that age, about 19, 20, I sat down with a, about six-year-old and we both had a Ninja um, Turtle drawing competition. And I've gone, man, I'm going to beat this little kid like big time. <laughs> and my Ninja Turtle turned out to be the biggest piece of shit. Anyway, and his was awesome. And then it was just laying on the kitchen table and my sister comes along and goes, who drew who drew that? And I've gone, you know, the friend that we just had around, my dad's like friend's son. Yeah, he drew the crap one and I drew the really good one. <laughs> <laughs> He stole. Yeah. He took his glory. Took Did you colour it in? Oh. <laughs> no, it was just a, it was just a sketch. So yeah, it'd be good to see your Ninja Turtle. I'd picture. love to see it. Can you please track it down and let I'll us? I'll try know. and track it down. Why don't you draw a Ninja Turtle tomorrow, <laughs> and we can compare both and see if it's like you know. I mean, it doesn't have to. It just can be on an A4 piece of paper. You could compare yeah. the pair and see if, without you know. without looking it up and without tracing it. We did one on Joe's Pizza Bar, which oh. was like. Uh, that was Ninja Turtles as well, and with and then my mate drew <laughs> my mate drew this awesome uh, character Brilliant. of um, Splinter. Don, Don, uh, of course. Splinter. Are they still around? Can you still see those pieces? Mm, nah, they're gone. They're gone. Sad. I love that the they can just see them saying, "Sean, right. oh, can you do as a piece?" And it's like a six piece. You go, what what can you do, Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Yeah, I guess like art has always been a big part of my life, you know. Like like a lot of people, you know, like yeah, it's, just, it's therapy. Yeah, definitely. We should keep it up, especially in isolation. That stuff is is good for the soul. I love it. Yeah. Playing piano, just thrashing whatever out, just to you know keep yourself. I, I'd sane. encourage most kids to 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 try to find some something artistic to do because I think that's the key to good mental health. Definitely. Uh, because once you've accomplished good mental health, you can accomplish anything. I think, really. I love it. That's a good. That's a good something to to end on, Sean. Hey, thank you yeah. for coming on the guilt trip. It's been awesome chatting to you. Thank you. Am I still frozen or? Yeah, you yeah. are. Yes. Damn it. We'll sorry, so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Guilty. The guilt trip.